Good morning. Uh, it's great to be with you this morning. Um, I want to read from Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 5 and 6. Uh, and that's what we're going to look at today. So if you've got a Bible in front of you, do uh, take that in front of you. Uh, it's just two verses that you will know very well um, uh, that I want to share with you, or I felt God wanted us to look at today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Pete, and I am going to be sharing with you uh, from uh, the Bible, but also I'm going to be sharing with you um, about the work of Revive, so what we're doing together as the Church of Newport to love the community. But before I talk about that, I want to talk to us about trust and the importance of trusting in God. A simple uh, thing, we've all heard this verse, a uh, simple thing to know about, but very hard to do. And I want this morning to be an encouragement to you uh, to keep on going and keep on trusting in God no matter what. But also a challenge that actually we could be, uh, we need to be really trusting in God. When you uh, have a relationship with anybody, and not a romantic relationship, when you meet somebody new, um, there is a a very little trust in that person because you don't actually know that person. If you meet someone, so I've been leading Revive for 15 years. If someone new comes along, they know nothing about what I've done, uh, what uh, 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 my track record, they've never heard me speak, they know nothing about me, they don't trust me at all. And so they need to build, and I need to build trust with that person. And that takes time. Building trust with anybody takes time. The same is true with God. That we become a Christian, we choose to give our life to God. But learning to trust him sometimes is a bit of a process. The only difference, though, between the relationship with God and the relationship with, with people is, I promise you that at some point, I will let you down. <laughs> at some point, I will mess up, I will forget your birthday, or I will, uh, I will ignore you um, uh, because I'm walking downtown and, I don't, and my hearing's really bad and I'm very hyper-focused. I often have people come and say, you completely blanked me in the street, you didn't see me, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, I just did not hear you or see you. Um, uh, it happens on a regular basis. So I will let you down. The difference is God will never let you down. However... Sometimes it seems and appears that he is. God will never let you down, but sometimes it seems and appears that he does. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. We need to trust God in everything. Abraham had to trust God. Uh, He had not had a son for a long time, and he was very, very old. And God gave him a promise. And he said, you are going to have a son. And he, and, and he waited. And he waited. And 15 years later, God came along and said, be patient. It's still going to happen. 15 years later, they were waiting. And if you're used to waiting for things longer than you're expecting. But 15 years later, he said he had a reminder. And then how long after that? Another 10 years after that is when Isaac, his son, came along. Um, God was faithful. He fulfilled his promises. He said 
he was going to give someone a son, uh, uh, Abraham a son, but he had to wait 25 years before that became true. I wonder what it felt like within that waiting. Um, I remember when all my friends were getting married, um, and I was about 24, uh, 25 at the time, and they were getting married, and then they were sort of having children, and I was like, what's going on? And someone said to me, be patient, she's not ready. So I'm like, okay, right, I need to be patient. Maybe I'm not going to find someone for another year or two. But actually, I met my wife when I was 37. So I had to, I had to, be, I had to be patient. And to be honest, I wasn't patient. Um, uh, and I did get married before that, which didn't work out. Um, but the reality is, um, so did, and so did Abraham. He had a baby with someone else while he was waiting. Uh, so very similar. But the point is, God was faithful, even though uh, he didn't appear faithful. If you trust in God with all your heart, God will bless you. Um, God chose uh, Jacob. And Jacob, um, after running away from his uh, brother, because his brother was threatening to kill him, he became a farmer. And God blessed him. He was uh, he was doing everything he could to, to, to follow God and to be faithful to God and to trust in God. And, he, and, and uh, Laban, uh, who was his father-in-law, was amazed at, like, look at how many cattle we have, look how many sheep we've got. We've just been ridiculously blessed because you are here. Um, and um, so much so that Laban was like, I don't, when, when Jacob, um, Jacob said, you know, I want to go. I, I want to go back to, to my father, to, 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 my, um, to my brother. I want, want to reconcile that relationship. He was like, don't go because I, I want you to stay because I want to be blessed by you. And then they had this little system where, where Jacob said, well, give me all the, you know, the speckled and deformed, uh, not deformed, but all the speckled and blemished people. Uh, um, sorry. Um, sheep. Thank you. <laughs> Words often escape me. I do apologise. Simple ones. Uh, And anyway, you probably know the story, but what happened is whatever way they did it, whatever deal they came up with, Jacob was blessed. Um, If you follow God, if you trust God, you will be blessed. Joseph um, had a dream that his brothers were going to bow down before him, and he chose to follow God. And uh, even when he was uh, put in slavery, um, he decided to trust in God no matter what. And what happened is he became the, uh, the second in command of all his household. It went really well. I was like, okay, it's going really well. I'm being faithful. It's going well. Um, and then uh, he got accused of uh, trying to sleep with Potiphar's um, wife and then got thrown in prison. Ah, oh, that's not good. Um, but he, he, he was trusting God. He was faithful and he got... Again, he was in charge of the whole prison. He had a, he had a chance of getting out. That didn't work for a few years, uh, but eventually it did. And then he became the second in command of all of Egypt. And because of that, he was able to save God's people. He trusted in God and it worked out. And the Bible is full of stories of people that trust God. The one thing that's always, that, that's kind of common of all these stories is that there's always a, a point where it doesn't look like God's going to come through. Um, I don't know if you uh, know this, but if I like trust God that he's going to um, do something, uh, there's usually a, a waiting period where um, your, your faith uh, or your trust in God is tested. 
And sometimes uh, that's a long time. And sometimes other things come along the way. Sometimes things come that put you down or knock you off course. Someone will say to you, no, you, that's, that's ridiculous. There's no way you can do that. There's lots of things that if, we're, if we are trusting in God and his ways and his truth, if we're stepping out in faith, that uh, other things come and, and, um, and, and, and knock us off course. The Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. Believe it or not, that the way you think is moulded by things other than yourself. Your, the way you think would be, uh, uh, depending on where you were brought up, whether you are brought up in this country or not, it, that would shape the way you think about life. Um, uh, the way you were brought up, that would shape the way you think about life. We have a, 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 a multimedia... Um, craziness going on. It's a billion, billion pound company with people constantly drip feeding you with um, adverts and ways of thinking. And even if you decide never to watch telly again, you will, you will be influenced by the people that will be influenced by them. You might start thinking about uh, having a house more, in a different way to what the Bible would say. Or you might think about having, you know, we, the way we think is often, what is always, I'd like to suggest, moulded to some extent by the way we think. Um, and if we rely on that... And also we rely on our way of thinking about life. So I could have been annoyed with God, like I have these feelings and I want to have a relationship, but it's not happening. Do you know? Um, uh, my understanding would be like, and I, would, I, feel, I almost feel like when I get to God, I'd be like, why did, why did I have to wait so long? Why? why? <laughs> you know, um, but um, do, do you know what I mean? There's always, always those, those thoughts. Um, we mustn't lean on our own understanding um, because we will get confused because we are just one person with our own little small, very narrow mindset. God is all-powerful, all-knowledge, knowing. He knows the end from the beginning. And if he wants to take you through something, um, to teach you something, or he wants to take you through something that is maybe a little bit painful at the time, just to help you in the long run or to help someone else, then he will do that. He will carry you through that. He's never the cause of any pain and suffering, uh, but sometimes he does allow things to happen to us that seem confusing. But I promise you, when you get to heaven, we'll be like, I get it. I understand what was going on. Um, I'm glad I trusted you, or I wish I'd trusted you. <laughs> Because, um, and, and sometimes even in this lifetime, you will get to the point where like, I understand what was going, you know? I could have, I've learnt from all my mistakes, from all my difficulties, from all my struggles. I've always learnt, I've learnt things. And I'm the person today because of the mistakes I've made and because of the problems I've done. If I wasn't dyslexic, if I wasn't called stupid every day at school, I, and if I didn't have to work super hard to overcome that, to, to, to try and learn this, this quiet, nervous, thought he was stupid, told everyone he was stupid because without even realising it, um, if I hadn't had to work through that and become this confident person, confidence because of Jesus, um, then it would be different. I'd be a different person. I wouldn't understand. I'd be, I wouldn't be as good a youth worker. I might have got a qualification in, 
I might have got a qualification in youth work um, or, and theology, but actually my understanding of, of young people and what makes me good is my dyslexia and my ADHD. Those kind of things that actually help me understand young people. And obviously with God, he gives you an insight into them, into their lives, into what they're thinking, why they're behaving in a certain way, and so that we can love and value them as Jesus did uh, when he was on earth um, and see uh, change. We must acknowledge God in all our ways. Uh, leading on from that, um, uh, we, have, um, we can't dictate to God um, how we should behave. The Bible's clear about how we should behave. Um, and we need to trust that if the Bible says, don't have sex before you're married, then okay, I'm not going to have sex before I'm married. I don't get it. I don't understand why. Uh, we probably do because you've probably looked at it and understand those reasons. But it doesn't matter if you just say you don't understand, you don't understand why the Bible says that. It's, the Bible says that, I'm going to follow that. And um, the Bible says don't do this, do do this. That's what I'm going to do. Trust the Bible and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. In all your ways, try and be obedient to God. Try and be obedient to God, um, not just morally, um, but uh, try and be... Um, uh, so basically, yes, what I'm trying to say is you, the Bible tells us how to behave. So you follow God because of what the Bible says. But also that the Bible, God might speak to you directly today. I'm hoping that God will speak to you today. And it's important that you listen to that and that you're obedient to that, that you trust that that's what God's saying. So if God, if you feel just like, man, I need to sell my house and give everything to Pete Luther and revive. Uh, <laughs> no, um, no, that was a joke. Or the work of St. Paul's. Um, um, I'm not saying that's what, but if that's what God says, then you need to do that. Do you know what I mean? And that is the, sensible, logical thing to do, um, because you can't outgive God. <laughs> and he, if he tells you to do that, he will replace you with a bigger and better house and he will sort it out, because that's, what, that's a promise of God. That's the only way you can test God. If you give, he will give back to you, promises you. Give your 10% to God, give your 20%, give whatever you can, you'll get it back. Uh, that's what God promises in the Bible. So, um, but what, what I'm trying to say is, that, that wasn't a, a, what I was planning to say, but do you know what I mean? That, that, that God might say something to you. So when God told me to leave my safe employment of Castle Hall Baptist Church as their youth worker when I was paid to work for Revive for free, it was the only option because I knew that's what God wanted to, to do. And I wasn't paid anything for six months, but I didn't notice it. Um, and then I was paid ridiculously small amounts uh, for, um, for many years, uh, but I didn't notice it. In fact, after leaving um, uh, the employment of Castlehold, I was given a car, a laptop, and I was just like, you know what, I'm, 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 I, don't, I don't notice that I've got no money or that I've, you know, my mortgage was paid, everything was, it just all worked out. And I can't even explain it or understand or, I don't know how it happened, but it did, <laughs> you know, because cause God told me to do that. And it, was, it wasn't like... Oh, should I, should I, shouldn't do that? Well, let's weigh up the options because it doesn't seem like a good, like, it's just like God's told me to do that. I know God is going to provide. I know God is going to do it. And he did. And he will. Um, so lean not on your own understanding, on your own logic, on your own way of thinking. Rely and trust in God. You can see how, how um, when you become a Christian, you, just, you, you, you respond to God because of the Holy Spirit, because of a few things. But as you grow in your relationship with God, you learn more about God. And as you learn more about God, you're challenged more and more about how much do you trust God? How much do you, are you all in for Jesus? 
Because the reality is you can follow God in a certain way. You can come to church and you can go to your Bible study group and that can be it. Um, Or you can be all in for Jesus with everything. Trusting in God for every decision you make on a day-to-day, minute-by-minute basis. Trusting God in the way you behave. My advice to you is follow God, trust in him, because... I will read the specific verse, because he will make your paths straight, (laughs) if you do. And that's what we want. You know, God wants to bless you abundantly. God wants to bless you more than you can ever hope or imagine. Um, And when I first met my wife, uh, I was set up on a blind date after a long, long, long time, just set up the living room, and then someone someone texted me, said, I know this girl, she's really nice you know, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, oh, okay, fine. Um, and I didn't actually respond to it for a week because, to be honest, I've been set up with girls before in the past and they've had nice personalities. Um, but I just haven't been interested. I don't want to be, um, uh, you know, uh, shallow as a person. But, um, uh, you know, I want, a, I want a wife that I'm going to um, be attracted to, shall we say. Um, anyway, um, so I didn't respond to this and then she just responded by saying, just look at this girl. If you've met my wife, she is beautiful. <laughs> She's 20 weeks pregnant with twins and still, you know, <laughs> and um, still looks, you know, beautiful even though she's fairly big uh, for her. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, and... Um, and God has blessed me with an amazing, amazing wife, not just physically, but we just get each other and she understands me. And, I've, and up to that point, apart from my mum, you know, I've never really found anyone that gets me, that understands me. And you, when you, it's nice, be, you know, being married is nice, but actually it's nice being in a friendship where someone just gets you and understands you and loves you for who you are. And not having that from a human and relying on God for that is fine, but difficult, okay? I'm going to be honest with you, it's difficult. And, and that's, I just feel ridiculously blessed. And we, we met when we were 37. We got married within seven months, and we wanted children straight away. It took two years to get pregnant with our first son. Um, and then we, we were kind of like, oh, we're in our 40s. We're, we're, we're struggling to cope with this, this boy. And he's like a good boy. Most of you have met him. It's really good. It's nice. It's lovely. But we were just, I was like, you know, my heart is for revive. My heart is, I want to give time to this. I want to, maybe we shouldn't have any more children. We're having twins. <laughs> in a few weeks, God is saying, you know what? I feel like I just, I don't know how I'm going to cope. Literally, no idea. Um, uh, uh, and people come, to, everyone has a comment about this. Oh, <laughs> I told a couple of my young people and they like looked at each other and looked at things to say, do I congratulate him <laughs> or not? These are people that have lived with one child. So they're like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> like you can say, you can say congratulations. Okay, well done. Anyway, do you know what I mean? God has blessed me abundantly. Uh, it didn't always seem like that. It didn't always seem like God was going to bless me about it, but I always trusted that he would. Trust in God with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. Acknowledge God in all your ways and he will make your path straight. I want to challenge you to trust in God um, for those situations that you're struggling with at the moment. Your situations that you're struggling with maybe as a church, your maybe uh, the situation you're struggling with as an individual. Um, because horrible things happen to us 
difficult things. I don't want to um, uh, lessen any of that. Like we all we are probably uh, struggling in certain ways. We probably are in a situation uh, where we're thinking, I'm not sure I can trust God because this has happened or this is happening. And I can't offer you an explanation uh, really for what you're going through and why you're going through it. But I can say that the Bible teaches us that if we trust God, don't lean on your own understanding. We acknowledge God. He will sort it out and he will make it good. And he will give, get you to the point where you think, ah, I get what God was doing. Um, and I, ah, I get what that is going. And you can only get to that point if you trust God. If you don't trust God in that, then, then you can't, if you, and if you don't acknowledge God in everything you do, if you live, live, live for yourself in your own ways, and you know, the Bible teaches us is that we need to do that. And I want to encourage you as individuals, I want to encourage you as a church, to, to lean into God, to trust God, to remember that he is faithful and true and that he is just and he wants to give you good gifts and he wants to bless you abundantly. I have a lovely house, three-bedroom bungalow in Wooten. Um, I married someone that had a flat, you know. Um, I was just thinking, where am I? I've not got any money. I've got, you know, how, you know, I've always had enough to pay, you know, pay, pay everything somehow. Uh, uh, it just has always happened. So I've never been poor, but I've just, I've only, had, it's always been just enough. And God's blessed me abundantly. Things have come that you never would have, I couldn't, predicted or imagined and that's what God wants for you that's what what God wants for you as a church that's what God wants you as a family as a couple as a single person whatever that's what God wants for you revive (laughs) um, happens because I want to take seriously what the Bible says the Bible so many things half the Bible is summed up in love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength we need to meet together to learn what that means to press into Jesus with everything but half the Bible is summarized up in loving your neighbor as yourself about going to people loving people caring for people not just the people in our church but the people in our community and I want to take that seriously I want to trust God and if you were here when I spoke from 1 John chapter 4 you would know that the Bible teaches that when we love people outside of the church not only do you make God's love complete in you as in you get to a new level of understanding God's love but the visible God is made visible and I want to trust that that's what's going to happen when I go and love people. And I want to trust that, that, it's, that actually what we should be doing as the church is going into our community and loving everybody. I want, to be in a, I want to be in a town where every day or every week our community are brushing shoulders with Christians that are loving and caring for them, that are helping them cross the road, that are buying them chocolates, that are listening to them, that are supporting them. There is a lot of needy and broken people. And... I think the church is a great at helping our Christian, uh, our friends, the people that we built relationships up with, and that's great. And I think we should, we should. That's a really good. But actually, going to people that don't know anything about God, or 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 those that they or know, worse still, hate God, or know things about God that aren't true. <laughs> so many times, young people said to me, "Oh, I learned this in RE. You you believed it, and I'm like, that's not at all what the Bible says. I'm like, no, I learned it in RE. This is what the Bible says. I'm just like, mm, I've read the Bible several times. <laughs> you know, I can tell you, I've checked. It's not in there. <laughs> Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, you're teaching them uh, a different way 
different way of thinking. Uh, but I'm, I'm relying on God that, um, that I believe that going out there and sowing seeds of, about Jesus, sowing love, is going to reap. <laughs> um, normally, charities come and, and, and they would say, right, I've helped this one person and they've da da da, and they've, uh, they've, this has helped and this is a. Um, this is the result. And the reality is that although uh, maybe 20 people have become Christians over the last 15 years through the work of Revive, um, in, in some ways, it's been, it's been very few and far between. <laughs> uh, but I also believe that the Bible teaches us that we should, we should go and love people and that that will happen. I believe that God has told us, or told me, that hundreds and thousands of people will come or be in heaven because of this work. And that's what we're about. Revive isn't about just loving people. Um, it, like, uh, oh, look, let me get you a cup of tea. Let me look after you. Let me listen to you. Um, it's about that, but it's about that because of our faith. And because of our faith, we need, to, we, need to, we need to take opportunities to also tell them about Jesus and help them invite them to Jesus. And that's kind of what we do. So uh, we run a, a, a several projects. At the moment, we're, we're a bit in a bit of a um, kind of honing in on what we're doing and try and make what we do good. Um, uh, we used to do something called Part Life, which is a family fun festival, which I had big plans for doing this year until I, I found out I was having twins. Um, and unfortunately, at the moment, lots of, lots of revived things are reliant on me as one person, even though we have a big team. And so um, that is not able to happen this year because of this blessing that God has given me. And um, uh, so that's what we're doing. But I, I, you know, it's still on my, my wish list of things to do. Uh, and, I, and I know a lot of you have, uh, have helped uh, that in, in various ways. Needs and seeds we still do. But we, 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 I wanted to spend some time talking about two of our projects. Uh, the first of that is Newport Youth Cafe. Um, which is nearly four years ago. I'm not even sure. No, February. It must have been exactly, is it exactly three years ago? How long have we been? Three or four? It's one of the two, because it's around about February. Basically, we got kicked out of the local youth centre and we had nowhere to go. And I was speaking at the church and, and uh, your church leaders were like, well, we've got a hall. And I'm like, oh, that's okay, but we've got a pool table, we've got sofas, we've got, we've got all this stuff. And they're like, that's no, okay, we can create this space for you. And, and you have allowed us to keep this youth centre open. And when we were in the centre of town, we had 300 through the door, we had up to 60 and it was chaos, um, controlled chaos, because we were banning people and we were doing things. And we did some great work, some really great work and I still see people that have been really helped and enhanced. At the moment we're doing things a little bit differently, we've got a smaller group of people but we're working with them in real, uh, real situations, we're helping them educationally, we're actually having time to sit down and help them with their GCSEs and a lot of the people that kind of hang out around the bus station um, often have, I don't know why, but a lot of them have some kind of learning difficulty, dyslexia, all, all kinds of things. And so uh, a lot of them are really struggling to get their GCSEs. Um, and some of them, are, one of them is trying for the third time, but she's really trying. And she's finding that through our help, that she's learning things, that she weren't, she's getting things that, 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 that she wasn't getting at school, if that makes sense, and that, um, or at college. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just because we have that one-on-one and we can sit down and help her through that and help her get it because slow, anxiety, all that kind of stuff makes sometimes people learning in class. So we're really helping that way. Um, 
Typically, we're helping with 10 cases of homelessness uh, every year. Young people that we work with often get kicked out of home. For Usually it's their own fault, but sometimes it's not. Um, and uh, we would help them either stay where they are or move on to somewhere, depending on what the right thing to do. Um, and we're supporting one particular uh, lady and her son in, a, in accommodation that we're, we're resourcing and supporting and giving um, mentoring and stuff. Um, I've told you about doing an alpha course uh, with the young people over there, with the, with the Christians. We had, we had about 35. I think 34 is the exact number. I can't remember, but that's from memory rather than from my notes. So I think that we had 34 people through, did the alpha with us. Uh, three of those were there every week and did the weekend uh, away. And those three came to Soul Survivor with us um, this, this week. We put it out to everybody uh, to come to Soul Survivor. It's, like, it's a hard sell. Christianity is a hard sell for people that are hurting, that are broken, that have poor view of themselves, poor view of the church, poor view of God, and have experienced a lot of suffering, a lot of suffering for their age, more than I've, I've, I've done in, in my life. Uh, and anyway, those three people became Christians um, at, at Soul Survivor, and, and two of them are going to church every week, nearly every week, and are really um, going on with, with, with the Lord, and it's helping them in their life. It's there very much at their early stage in their relationship with God. I'm not sure how much they trust him in all kind of things and all how much they know about God, but we are doing that. They're going to church every Sunday, and they're going to a Monday night like small group, um, and and meeting with people, fellowshipping with people in the church. And it's just amazing to see. When you think what they've been through, um, nearly everyone has had some kind of abuse of some respect, uh, be that neglect or violence or all kinds of... They've all kind of experienced some kind of uh, thing that we would just say that that should not happen. Um, I'm talking about all of our young people um, and uh, have experience all of that kind of stuff and I just think it's amazing that we've had that opportunity to do that and even go we go around the bus station every Thursday and chat chat to people and you'll be surprised at the opportunity the opportunities we get to talk about Jesus they all know we're Christians somehow um, and um, well more than because I, every time they come to you so I tell them but sometimes you go up to strangers and they just kind of know and maybe they think you're a street pastor or something but they just have an idea that you're a Christian and sometimes it comes up um, we just have opportunities to talk about Jesus. And I'm, sometimes it does take a long time to get people close, close, close to Jesus. But I've, I feel like there's quite, God is working quite a lot of young people at the moment and bringing them towards Jesus, which is really, really exciting. I want to thank you for that. Thank you for your support, particularly those of you that are 100 heroes that are giving money. Um, we wouldn't have been able to do the Alpha course um, if it wasn't for those 100 heroes because our money is from the police and the council and they wouldn't be happy with us doing an Alpha course. Um, but because we had some money from here and some money from there, this didn't have restriction, we could spend that money on doing the Alpha course and then that money on... Do you know what I mean? We can, in my mind, so that we can do, do that kind of stuff. So it, because of the 100 heroes that we're able to do Alpha, alpha so if you are 100 people, 100, one of the 100 heroes, which basically means you give uh, Newport Youth Cafe one pound a week, um, and the idea if we have 100 people giving a pound a week... That's six thousand pound a year that pays for for a youth worker, um, and um, uh, supports the work of of revive. And although we never got to a hundred, we got to enough uh, that was able to, to 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 sustain that and allow us to do that. So I want to thank you for that. Um, the other thing I want to take a bit of a time to talk about is is the living room. The living room is our community cafe. 
I love the work of the living room. I was, last week I was speaking at the Catholic Church uh, for the first time on a Saturday night and on a Sunday morning. And it's interesting, the comments I had from them, one uh, lady came up to me and said, oh, I got a card from you that I sent to someone in Scotland and it was just the right verse at the right time. So you, through your ministry, are helping people in Scotland, not just Newport. I'll have to change the name of Revive Newport, won't I, um, with that way. But that was just really, really exciting that we have Christian cards, we have books, we have Bibles, and every, every, all the time people are coming in and we're resourcing Christians and allowing them to learn more about their faith so, and hopefully uh, increase their trust in God. And um, that's really, really exciting. Um, uh, yeah, I just encourage you that if you're tall, if you're ever in town and want a coffee, or want a bit of cake, then to, to come in, just buy a coffee. It really does support the work that we do. Um, I'm not in the I'm in the cafe all the time because I work but I work from upstairs. But when I was in, I was I was in for Monday afternoon, um, I think. And two people came in and just burst into tears because they'd lost someone through bereavement uh, in the in the past week, and they just weren't able to cope. And we were able to take them upstairs, listen to them. Uh, one of them I was able to take upstairs, listen to them, and just let them let them talk and kind of. Um, sort and kind of actually put some support in place. Actually, we did an Ease and Seas project for that person to support them clearing their, their mum's flat. Um, and then um, uh, for the other person, just listen to them and support them. And uh, we were able to just say, just anyway, we were just able to support them. Every day we have opportunities where we attract people that are kind of a little bit struggling with life um, and uh, we're able to support them. And you can't put a price on that for a few people, for not not even for a few people, for quite a significant amount of people, we are a lifeline to people that they can come in. Some people come in every day um, and um, uh, they'd be part. It's a community cafe, so the living room is a community cafe. Um, we work with volunteers from all walks of life, um, but particularly we seem to, uh, the schools and the colleges and the people are sending people that have learning difficulties or mental health issues or just need somewhere um, to, to be looked after. And that's, that's hard, hard work um, uh, in some respects, but amazing. And, and just seeing them, uh, the, the look on their face when they've made a cake or when they've served people, when they've supported people, and just how much you can see people believing in them as God would, as Jesus would, being Jesus to people, how, how much that really affects them and helps them. Um, it's really uh, exciting. I love the work of, of the living room. Um, we don't do any of these to, um, to you know, so we're a charity. We, you know, we, money is always uh, difficult. Uh, we're always struggling, but we do it because God's told us to do it. Um, um, but we also want to encourage people to, to, to use it, to support it, you know, um, and to, to order your books through there or come in for a new, if you want a new Bible, come in or if you want, bi- to or if you have Bible reading notes, to order them through us um, or all kinds of uh, things like like that. And the other thing we do is, is we help Church and Roundabout run Food Bank, where we're feeding 1,500 people and doing a lot of the same kind of things, supporting people, clothing people, giving people tents when they get kicked out. Um, even just actually yesterday, in, no, it wasn't yesterday, when I was in last Friday, speaking to a, to a homeless, uh, no, a chap that was almost definitely going to get kicked out of home that day and just trying to support him. And like, he would come, he knows, because we've been doing this for so long, um, that he could come to us and we'll, we'll sort him out, give him a tent, give him a sleeping bag, look after him. And I just believe that being Jesus to people, for people, is what the world needs. 
Uh, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is what people need. The, the whole world is falling around us and we're not a Christian country anymore. Uh, we don't live in Christian, with Christian morals and, um, and um, because we were a Christian country, I think people then come with this false view of what it means to follow Jesus. But following Jesus is about giving God your everything and him giving you everything that he is. And if we trust God... <laughs> We lean not on our own understanding. We acknowledge him in everything. He will uh, bless us abundantly. He will make our path straight. And that's my encouragement for you today. If you, I will be hanging around for a bit afterwards if you want to ask any more questions about the work that we do. If you want to support us in any way, to give to us financially, to pray, to get involved. Uh, for the living room, um, if anyone has experience in, in, in running a cafe or running a bookshop or any experience in working with vulnerable adults um, who thinks that they could give an hour or two or anything... To, to, to help the work of, of the living. That would really help relieve some of the pressure that we're uh, experiencing from, from having so much need in one room. Um, and uh, it, if there's any other ways you just think, actually, I'd love to be involved, then, then just come and speak to me afterwards. Um, we'd really value that. Okay, I'm going to pray. Just to close and finish. Lord, I want to thank you that you are God and that you created everything and that you are all-powerful and almighty and all-knowing and that you are worthy of our trust and our praise and our honour and our everything. And thank you that true freedom can be found in trusting in you, leaning not on our own understanding and trusting you with everything. And so I pray that you will help us trust you just that little bit more, that we will lean on your provision and that we will... Uh, you will lead us in paths that uh, help us know that you are trusting. For those situations that we might be in, that we're struggling to trust you. We're struggling to see the reason uh, for the pain that we're going through, all the difficulties. I just pray for um, comfort, uh, for um, and f- as we lean in and choose to trust you, that you would give us what we need to make that next step and get through. Amen.